Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, everybody, and a very happy new year to you. It's 2022, but as Manchester City's powerboat roars off towards the horizon, leaving behind it this rainbow-coloured, sickly slick of oil for us all to choke on. Perhaps you've had happier New Year's, but I think maybe all of this is not over. I have found a lovely poem about distances called Distances by Harry Shapiro, and it goes like this. A world of water out of which the Greeks sailed, towards which we set our course, hoping gods still swarm the spaces. We have travelled such distances, only the old songs can save us. I'm delighted to be joined by Abdul and Alan. Uh, Alan, I'm going to start with you today. Um, Alan, do you think that ship has gone off too far into the distance of Manchester City? Or will the old songs save us and can we claw it back? Uh, hi, on. Uh, oh, unfortunately, I think the ship has sailed. Um, um, I'm normally fairly positive, but um, I think this has been coming for a few games. I think... Uh, We've seen a few performances this year that just weren't up to our scratch, and uh, midfield is is what's letting us down now. And I think you know we said at the beginning of the season that we didn't replace Genie or, or Shakiri, and uh, I think things are coming home to roost now because our last few games that we've drew or lost, we've we've kind of lost them in midfield, in, in my opinion. And uh, I just don't see City dropping that many points, and we'll have to win absolutely every single game from now on, and. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't see it happening, not at this stage. It will be difficult, um, especially with Af- AFCON coming up that we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but, uh, Abdul, are you are you chucking in the towel like Alan is? Uh, you know me. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody listening. But, um, you know me, Owen. Uh, you know, I'm ever the optimist. I've always said all through the season that, there's always something in it for Liverpool. We've always got a narrative on our side. So I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and just keep believing. And uh, look, it definitely is not in our hands anymore. Um, City have to slip up massively in multiple games. And at the moment, it just doesn't seem possible considering the kind of players that they have, um, how good they are and the fact that they've been improving as the season has gone on. They've come through the most difficult spell, I think. Over the last few weeks, they had a lot of games and they managed to still get the wins. So it's hard to see where they do lose the points going forward. But I still believe. I still believe that football gods shine brightly on Liverpool. And uh, hopefully hopefully in May, we're celebrating a Premier League trophy again in front of the fans. I love that. I love the opt- optimism, Abdul. I'm siding with you, Abdul. Um, I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to chuck it in yet. And I understand, although I understand exactly where Alan's coming from. Our performances have been lackluster. Uh, but um, you know, at the moment, so Manchester City they've played 21 games and they're on 53 points. Liverpool have played 20 games and we're 11 points behind them on 42 points. Let's say, for example. For example, we win our game in hand. That means there's only eight points between us. And let's say, for example, for example, we also beat Manchester City when we play them next. That means 
that we're only five points behind. And is it possible for Manchester City, seeing as they dropped two, four, doing the maths in my head, it never works well. They've, they dropped 10 points in their first 19 games. They could easily drop another eight, including a loss to us in the remaining games. So yes, it's not over. It's not over. We are Liverpool. Um, you know, fortune does have its way of you know, shining its its benevolent light upon us, as Abdul uh, said. And I think, you know, we can just enjoy it now, Alan. I think the pressure's off, and I think that's something that could really help us. There is literally no pressure now, Alan. We, the players can play with absolute freedom because City are overwhelming favourites. Are we convincing you, Alan, or are you still just, you know, you're just realistic and City are going to win it? Oh well, I'm I'm hoping you you used to are right and I'm wrong, obviously. But um, I I can't see it. Um, I think you're right that the shackles are off now, and I think you know we we do often play better when we're underdogs with our backs to the walls. Um, I just think the the I just think the injury the injuries in the midfield like it's, it's killing us. And you know I, I heard a stat there today, and I know you're the man for stat zone, but I heard um that we've been ahead in 17 games. This season we've went ahead and City have went ahead in 17 games. We won 12 of those games and City won their 17. So it's it's not just it's not just a reaction I'm doing now to this game or or, or the Leicester game, but it's just something I've seen all season that we just haven't replaced players in the midfield and we haven't bought players to. When you're when you're strong, you need to buy a couple of players every year. I think what have we done? Like one player a season, Thiago one year, Jota last year, and then Kate Kalate uh, this year. So I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm just very frustrated with with, with the situation, and I can only imagine how frustrating it must be for Klopp. You know, he's not a man to speak out, but he he must be there frustrated, thinking that he can't go out and buy a few players when he needs them. You know, it's it's, it's just something you see coming for the last year type of thing. You know, it's, as I said before, I'm not a FSG fan out from the beginning or anything like that. But it, for the last season or so, you've seen the cracks. You're seeing, you know, we haven't bought anyone of really big significance. You know, since Virgil and Ali, and and that was just with the money from Coutinho. So, you know, I've also heard a rumor from a, a reasonably good source that I know that the contract negotiation with Salah has been held up. Because Salah wants some sort of guarantees about players coming in. Uh, so, it just all goes back to the feeling of the days when Torres left us. And it was the same situation where he was said he was promised there would be new players coming in and stuff so I don't know just at my age you've kind of seen these things before and it's starting to remind me of, of, of that time very interesting very interesting stuff and great to have a have an exclusive on Cop On about Mo Salah's contract whoa um, yeah there is there there are problems with the midfield possibly yeah I mean We've been saying it for a long time here, actually, haven't we? You know, um, but I was kind of okay with not replacing Genie because, you know, I said all, all throughout the summer and, and, you know, that we needed two players to replace him, basically, and we didn't get anyone. <laughs> and, uh, but then I saw Harvey Elliott start the first few matches and he looked amazing. And you can't account for that freak injury he had. Just like people who, you know, they talk about Dayan Lovren last last year. Dayan Lovren was not replaced. And then we got these freak injuries to, to Van Dyke and, well, everyone really. So I don't know. Free injuries are part of the game. But in, 
um, you know, freak injuries like that, you can't really plan for. But yeah, the midfield, it has been coming for a while. Uh, speaking about the midfield, Abdul, when you saw the lineup today, Chelsea versus Liverpool, Chelsea were very strong. They had Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Chalaba, Aspi, Liqueta, Kovacic and Kante were back in midfield. Alonso, Pulisic, uh, Mount and Havertz. That's a really strong Chelsea team. And then we had Simikas at left back, Konate drafted in, uh, Kelleher in goal, of course. And in midfield, James Milner, given the nod over Chamberlain, Jones and Naby Keita. What did you make of that, Abdul? So, yeah, um, I think where you and Alan are coming from, talking about the signings that we needed to make in midfield, um, I remember early in the podcast, before uh, the summer window, you asked me, like, do you think we're going to make signings? And I said, no, I don't think we're going to make signings. I think we're going to do what we have done, basically. We're going to give more opportunities to Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. They're all going to basically soak up Genie's minutes. And yeah, it, it hasn't... The midfield has been a problem issue for Liverpool this season, 100%. And going into today's match, when we all saw Milner and Henderson uh, alongside Fabinho, I think a lot of fans have been upset at the lack of perceived quality that we have in our midfield. Um, obviously, Thiago's injuries have been frustrating. Um, so, yeah, with Henderson and Milner coming in, there was that kind of feeling of, oh, like, you know, Chelsea can line up. Chelsea, Chelsea dropped Jorginho to the bench today. You know, like that's the strength of their midfield, like the quality they have, that they can drop a player of Jorginho's quality to the bench. And we're wheeling out 36-year-old Milner. And look, I have nothing against Milner. I don't think he's as bad a player as a lot of people make out. Um, and when I think about the selection troubles that we had going into the match today and how uh, Klopp or Linders was making the decision for the starting lineup, I completely understand why we started with Milner. I think we were just thinking, you know, we're away from home. Klopp's got COVID. Matip is out. We've got like five starters, five bona fide starting players missing from our team right now. Uh, we just lost the last game. We don't want to have two lo two losses on the bounce. So bringing in Milner was, you know, trying to secure our team, basically. Going in with the, as, as much experience as we need. And I think in terms of result, I think we did the job that we at the very minimum, came to Stamford Bridge to do. We did not lose the match. So in terms of that, like, good thumbs up for Liverpool. But yeah, in terms of, like, the long-term approach to our midfield, there's definitely um, a lot of discontent among the fans right now, and I think it is justifiable to an extent. And just just as a last point, um, I know that, uh, you know, it's upsetting that we didn't make the, sa uh, the signings to replace Genie last summer, but I think... And, and I, do, I know this is blasphemous, but I think at some point, uh, I think we have to ask why Klopp makes the decisions that he does in terms of the starting lineups. Because Naby Keita came on against Leicester in the cup game and he had an outstanding uh, cameo. And then the very next match, he was dropped to the bench. And then today as well, he's not in the starting lineup. And Oxe Chamberlain, Klopp talks him up over the last few weeks saying he's in great, great form. But yeah, when it comes to like the big test today, we don't start with Oxley chamberlain either. So it's just like, yeah, we can be upset that we haven't made the signings, but we do have quality on the bench, but we don't even use them. So I don't know. What's that about? Well, it's very interesting. It's a really interesting answer. Um, I thought James Munner, I don't have a problem with him at all. I think he's the most underrated English player of my entire lifetime, because uh, most of the time they English 
people tend to over-egg the brilliance of their players, but they've under-egged it with um, James Milner. And I, I thought he was probably our best midfielder. I mean, he ended up with three tackles, uh, which was the most in our entire team, one interception and five clearances. If you compare that with Jordan Henderson, uh, two tackles, one interception and no clearances. Fabinho, two tackles, two interceptions and no clearances. This is from whoscored.com, of course. Um, but the midfield, I mean, the thing with the midfield um, is that we do have a lot of quality there. They are very good players, all of them. But yeah, maybe it's the it's the it's the choice of them. But maybe I don't know. It's just the quality for me. There has been a glaring lack for two years now. A glaring lack of more a more muscly, robust defensive midfielder like Bissouma. I've said it until I'm blue in the face. Uh, in fact, I've, I've now gone a, a shade of mauve because it's tinged with the, the redness of anger. Well, no, no, I'm not angry. I'm not really angry. The boys did our best. A point at Stamford Bridge. Would you have taken it before the match, Alan? A point? Uh, yeah, before the match, I probably would have taken it because I wasn't I wasn't too confident um, with our lineup. to be honest. Um, I think uh, Abdul made some good points there too, Like, and, and uh, I don't think it's blasphemous to... To criticise um, Klopp, sometimes we're we're all liable to a bit of criticism when it's when it's justified. Uh, so I, I agree with what what Abdul said there, but uh, I was surprised that Keita wasn't starting in particular. Um, but it's not it's not the first time this season we've kind of done that. Like you know, you you've had you know sometimes we have um, Taki comes into our game or or even Divock comes into our game, plays great, and then then they're just not even for Holland's a sub the next game. So. You know, obviously, Jorgen knows something we don't, but um, I do find that strange as well. But yeah, before the game, uh, I wasn't confident at all. And in fact, it was a bit, a bit surreal looking at the game. I was kind of able to sit and look at it as a nearly a neutral for some reason, which I found very strange. But um, when you get over the initial um, disappointment, yeah, you'd be happy with a point, really. Um, yeah, it's and, interesting. And, yeah, mm-hmm. anyone that goes goes to Sanford Bridge and gets a draw will be doing well this season, you know. Exactly, yeah, that is true, especially a full-strength Chelsea with the amazing Kante and Kovacic. And I think it's these types of quality of player, you know, the very, very best quality of player that I would love to bring in uh, to Liverpool's midfield. They're strong, they're dynamic, they can do a bit of everything like all the good midfielders do. They're not specialists like, for example, Chamberlain. I like Chamberlain, but he's very specialist. He takes shots, he drives, he doesn't keep the ball well. He's his tackling stats are pretty poor, and uh, yeah. But um, you know, let's go into the match itself. The match started um, helter skelter, to and fro, back and forth, uh, seesaw, swinging of the bell hammer. Um, uh, Chalaber made a mistake for the first chance. Uh, Mane squared it to Salah, but there was some good defending on the sixth. In after six minutes, that was a that was a big chance. Um, and then there was a great tackle by Ibu Konate from Pulisic. And then one minute later, or thirty seconds later, Kelleher made a great save from Pulisic when he was one v one following Trent. Um, Bad defending, really, because he didn't play it safe, but it was very good pressing by uh, Mason Mount, I think it was. And then Chalaba sliced it again, and I put in my notes, he looks scared. He looked very scared, very inexperienced in the first 
10 minutes and it was he who made that poor header allowing Sadio Mane I mean you wouldn't have thought Abdul that Sadio hadn't scored for however long it was 800 odd minutes because the way he finished that was exactly how Pulisic was trying to finish his two minutes earlier but Sadio did it so much better um what were you doing Abdul how did you feel about that goal were you were you whooping like me were you hyperventilating yeah I was over the moon uh obviously a lot of talk about Sadio's goal drought over the last few days Klopp had a really nice anecdote in his press conference yesterday talking about how one of the analysts at LFC knocked on his door uh, just that morning and said, look, I've got a video which shows just how important Sadio is. He's not getting the goals right now, but look, he's doing so much important work for us. So don't lose the faith, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of knew that it was coming just from that, like that he would score immediately in this match. And I think he has been really prolific against Chelsea in recent matches. So I wasn't surprised when he scored and I was really, really like happy for him and happy for the goal as well. Because it was a really helter-skelter first few minutes, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden we got the goal and it was just kind of, a, yeah, a bit of a relief. So, um, yeah, really, really happy for Sadio. Um, hope he goes to the AFCON, comes back without COVID, no injuries, and hope he scores a few more goals. Hopefully not too many, though, because we don't want him to stay the entire thing. Jokes, jokes. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully Senegal go as far as they can. But, um yeah, really, really happy for Sadio. It was great, wasn't it? Um, I'm delighted that James has James has joined us. James Spencer, how are you doing, James? Happy New Year. I'm good, Owen. Happy New Year to you. Um, we were just uh, going through the match. We got as far as Sadio's goal in the in the ninth minute. That beautiful finish. But following that first goal, uh, James, there was a f- there were a few minutes where I've got in my notes here that there was a poor long pass by Chelsea or Alonso would have been one-on-one in the 10th minute just after we had scored. And then three minutes after that, Chelsea overhit a pass or the same player, Alonso, was 1v1 against Kelleher. That was on 13 minutes. And then Alonso got... It was as free as a bird after a crossfield pass, that one that did actually find him. But then he skewed his volley into the crowd. Um, I want to ask you, James, were you impressed with Chelsea's shape? Because they made it so difficult for Liverpool in many respects. But were you, you know, were you a little bit disappointed that there was always that player over? Did you think Liverpool should have done more to protect Trent's side somehow? Or what did you make of it, the tactical battle? Yeah, I think that sounds quite accurate, actually. Um, I think Liverpool did well in the first 20 minutes. And I think Chelsea weren't weren't prepared for that. But they still had, overall, for most of the match, they did have, a, you had, you're right, absolutely right, they had a good shape. So when Mo Salah could have made it 3 too. Um, they got numbers back very quickly and they, they looked organised at the back. Excellent stuff. Yeah, they were they were very organised. Um, I thought Rudiger versus Salah was an incredible battle all the way through. Uh, but in the 26th minute, um, Mo Salah, I mean, he was up against Alonso. He, it was a stupendous finish, Alan. Um, th- that goal, it was a great build-up as well. You should, you know, go back and look at it. Everyone should, because it's just the build-up was was excellent. And the through pass by Trent and that finish, Mo Salah, 
Um, they had a, a, a stat on the screen on Sky Sports, and it said that he has 25 goal involvements now in the Premier League, and the next best in the Premier League is on 11. Um, Mo Salah, we we talk about him ev- all the time because we love talking about him. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's the number one player in the world, and he's ours, Alan. Um, how excited were you at this goal? What were you doing? Were you thinking game over? Oh yeah, what what a finish! I, I actually I actually thought he missed it, um, just the way he hit it, and then his reaction. Obviously, he didn't celebrate. Yeah, me Chelsea too. fans. Yeah, yeah, so, it was a so funny I, angle for the camera. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought it was after hitting side net or the back of the net, uh, and but it was a fantastic finish. The replay of it, just as, as, as an ex keeper myself, to be betting your near post is 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 a killer but there was no stopping that he just uh, like they say in the old days he did the keeper with his eyes he looked at the far post I think and just took it there what a finish what a, we're so lucky to have him in our team so lucky to see him play every week and so lucky that he wants to play every minute of every game it's another thing and uh, oh 2-0 up I thought I thought well I, I thought yes we'll, we'll hold him off to half time now and then maybe 2-1 or something like that but didn't see them two goals coming Um but what can you say about Salah? There's no more we can say about him. And he's just, he's just, just the best player in the world. As simple as that. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, he is the best player in the world, and that's why, that's why I love trying to find the words. But yes, it is very difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult to find how you know how to how to describe uh, you know the genius. Uh, you know, Michelangelo's sculpture. How do you describe it, really? How do you do it justice in words? We don't know, but we're going to try. We're going to try. Abdul, after the second goal, I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed because all of my notes from the 26th minute to half time are all about Chelsea. Um, you know, there was good covering by Konate again, a good offside line that we played. Um, Havertz, luckily for us, Abdul, Havertz was rubbish. Um, and Chelsea, but Chelsea kept going, um, you know, and then you had this strike from Kovacic in the 41st minute. Um, was it a wonder strike, Abdul, or was he just jammy? <laughs> I mean, that's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't even uh, slightly side with the jammy side. I've seen the replay where I literally, the from behind, you can see him watching the ball. As it comes down, every, like eyes do not leave the ball for even a split second. And the way that he hits it as well is quite unique. It's not really like a normal just lash his foot at it. He kind of jumps up on with his left leg and also swings the right foot at the same time so that he makes a contact on it. It's, it's, it's a moment of pure sumptuous technique. And um, it's also so frustrating because Kovacic is a player who doesn't score that often at all. But when he does score, it's always a banger. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, the Chelsea pressure that came after the second goal was to be expected. I mean, they're at home. The fans were silent. There was a point I tweeted on watch, like you can't even hear the Chelsea fans at the moment. So they had to do something to to up the ante. Um, But yeah, it was just really, really annoying that it had to come when we had just got that two-goal lead. Um, And then, yeah, uh, it's just frustrating in general to, to... to to lose a lead like that so yeah i can't really say much more but yeah well done kovacic he's one one thing on kovacic he's exactly the kind of midfielder that liverpool lack and i know that we have Naby Keita, but a pure technic well we have tiago as well but you know a pure technician who is robust and can play a lot of games and can dribble in tight spaces 
And I think Klopp said it once, it's like having a Ferrari on the pitch, the way that he dribbles. Like, I would just love a midfielder like that. So, yeah. It's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it before. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the robustness is something that we've, it's a great word because that's something that we just lack. We lack depth in that. But, you know, I thought Henderson was unfortunately a little bit outclassed in midfield. And there's, there's that. I mean, wow, what a player. Uh, Kovacic, and you're absolutely right. I think that was either his third or fourth goal, um, depending on if fbref.com have... Uh, updated their stats his third or fourth goal in 118 starts and 157 total matches for Chelsea in all competitions so damn it it had to happen to us um, and that lit the touch paper and then Chelsea found a way through again Christian Pulisic had an equaliser James on 44 minutes what were you doing were you taking off your shoes and throwing them at the screen oh, I was thinking to myself I really hope this isn't gonna go in this isn't gonna, this isn't happening kind of a situation especially after the way that they built up such a good lead um but when it did go in I thought it was such a sweet effort and you didn't when he was when the ball was at his feet you thought he, he's not going to miss because Christian Pulisic in that situation in that position doesn't normally miss those and um it just rocked the stadium so it sparked them back into life really so well the goal from Kovacic did so come back complete so I always thought that when they came back for two all it was going and Tuchel was animated it was always going to be difficult to try and maybe um outscore them from there but were you happy James with the way that you know Liverpool came out in the second half and restricted them a lot more. They had a, a far fewer good chances in the second half, I found, than in the first half. Were you happy with that, that Liverpool were able to regroup? Because, you know, there was there was Mason Mount, if you remember, who just, it's still in the first half, just two minutes after the equaliser, he had one that yeah. just went wide, didn't it? And for, at that point, I was thinking at half time. I don't fancy us at all because normally if a team comes back from 2 0 to 2 2, you just expect them to get a third. Um, so that was a positive from today, wasn't it, James? Yeah, I thought that they they didn't look intimidated. They came back after half time and top, top players like Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, they don't, they're not intimidated by these kind of occasions. So I'm pleased that they were able to find goal scoring opportunities and it did look as if we might actually be able to nick it, like you say. It did, it did. I mean, the second half um, got underway. Uh, N'Golo Kante started waltzing around our midfield. He was waltzing, he was breakdancing, he was moonwalking. And uh, he slipped in uh, Alonso, whose shot was just over. Again, he was the free man on 50 minutes. That was the first chance of the second half. Um, and then Jota had a great shot that was saved by Mendy, uh, but there was no corner given because of a bad offside flag. But that was a really, really good save. And I thought Jota came out in the second half looking very, you know, like hungry and, and ready to make a difference and ready to get, um, you know, to get, uh, to get involved, get on the get on the score sheet. But Alan, you were you were really unimpressed with Jota, according to our WhatsApp chat, weren't you? Oh, I thought Jota had a terrible game. Uh, I think he's had a couple of bad games now. He's he, if if you watch the game today, if you watch it back, you'll get a chance to watch it back at least twice in the first half. And the ball is coming in from him. He leans back into the defender, and it's like he leans back too far. And then if the ball's in front of him, he can't get to it. He, I don't think he completed one decent pass in the whole game. He'd uh, one pass into Sadio near the end, but that was more of a deflection off the player in front of him. I just felt he couldn't hold up the ball. He couldn't win the ball. He he, he couldn't pick out players. 
and he was awful, I thought, in my opinion, anyway. No, he was Yeah, and, and same in the Leicester game. He, again, he couldn't hold up the ball. He couldn't link play. Like He's a fantastic goal scorer, and I was wax lyrical about him at the beginning of the season. But for the last few games now, I just think he's he's a goal scorer, which you'd probably better suited to coming on for the last 30 minutes or something like that. But now that we need players linking the ball, passing the ball, I, I just haven't seen it in him in the last the last two games in particular. And uh, yeah. yeah, so like, I don't know if I'm the only one seeing it, but I was intentionally watched him today after the Leicester game and, uh, you know, he was just awful. Well, uh, the stats bear that out, Alan, because he had uh, 23 attempted passes compared to Mo Salah, who had 30 passes, and Sadio Mane, 26. And Diogo Jota had only 47.8% passing accuracy, which is awful. Uh, Three long balls, none of them were accurate. Two through balls, and neither of those were accurate either. So, yeah, I mean, you were watching him well, but I was watching his movement and there was just one particular moment when Simikas had a shot um, after, you know, it was deflected and the referee didn't see it because they're incompetent. Uh, It should have been a corner. It wasn't a corner. But had he just slipped in Jota, Jota was in acres of space on the edge of the six-yard box and he was completely onside and he would have easily scored that because he's Diogo. He would have easily scored that. Um, And it's one of those things where shooting from the edge of the box is only advisable sort of one time in 10. And I reckon nine times out of 10, there's always a ball that you can disguise to pass it behind the line of the defence and you'll get one of your players in. Pep Guardiola plays that way with City and it's so successful for them. Um, But anyway... Uh, I thought it was just his movement, Diogo Jota's movement. He, he he got into great positions, but he wasn't found. He ended up having no shots in the entire game. So I do understand when you say that he was awful, he wasn't involved enough. Who scored only gave him 5.99 out of 10. Uh, so that was the lowest rating in our team. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so in the second half then, I mean, you know, it was... It was tip for tap. We didn't, you know, there was Salah's chip on the 56th minute that was wonderfully saved by Mendy, who's excellent, excellent goalkeeper. Um, I think he's going away to the AFCON, is he? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yes, he is, yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's uh, good news for Chelsea's rivals because he's a, he's a superb player and they're, they're Kepa's a load of rubbish, isn't he? Um, but yeah... Uh, I don't know what to say about the second half, really. I mean, Chelsea had a tactical change. It didn't work. Um, Cater came on. The subs, yeah. Ox and Cater for Jota and Milner um, on the 69th minute. And then Chalabar came off for Chelsea and Jorginho came on. And uh, Tommy Tuchel tried to change it, but it didn't work. It allowed Trent and Costas a bit more of the ball. Um, were you disappointed in that second half after that we didn't create as much as we could have done? I mean, I think the main objective coming out for the second half was let's not play basketball anymore. Let's play a bit of football and calm it down. So um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I hate, I, I, I'm, I suck at reviewing matches because uh, I can never really remember the way that things were. But in the moment, I think I was feeling like, okay, it's, after uh, Naby and Oxley came on, I think we did have a bit more control of the match. Um and there was a bit of play maybe in the last 10 minutes where we were really kind of moving the ball around, really dominant. Um, I think overall it was, it was really just 
let's get out of here with one point, basically. Um, but we did try. We did try and attack all the way through to the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. I think Naby had a few nice touches. I remember him doing like a nice little step over, went past Jorginho, played a 1-2 with Ox. And Ox kind of skewed a ball out wide. Trent got it and then couldn't really control it. And then we lost a chance. But, yeah, there wasn't really too much after after the halftime. So, yeah. There's not much more to say about it. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry, it's a difficult question because yeah, I I make notes and without my notes, I would have completely forgotten absolutely everything. Because yeah, I'm I'm like you, I'm in the moment and I'm feeling it. You know, it's like the emotion takes over almost everything. Then when the ball goes out with a throw for a throw or a goal kick, I quickly jot down some interesting things that have just happened. Um, uh, yeah, Rudiger was wide for, for from a corner at 86 minutes. Um, you know, the, there was no foul by Kanate, but the referee still managed to give him a yellow card. So bravo to the referee, keeping up the consistency from the PGMOL. I've been trying to get hashtag PGMOL out trending on Twitter. Uh, please use that because it's about time. I mean, the Premier League changed them because they're all awful. They're all really bad. Um, but yeah, let's let's look at some. Some positives. Naby Cater, James, when he did come on, he looked good. It makes you think, why didn't he start? But then Milner was quite good as well. Milner had 20 passes only in his 68 minutes on the field with 65% passing accuracy, which is very poor, really. Uh, but he did very well defensively, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but whereas Naby Cater, 11 passes in his 25 minutes on the pitch, 81.8% passing accuracy, so much better. And then Cater also managed to get an interception, but no tackles, no clearances. Uh, Naby looked good, though. There was, yeah, the little bits of jink, you know, jinking around players and looking for the through ball. And there was one through ball that just was just too, just too far for Sadio Mane just before Mane got taken off. Um, but there you go. Um, James, positives from the second half. I don't know. You could talk about the midfield or, I don't know, the defence. I thought the defence was, there was a big improvement. James, don't forget if you're muted. I think uh, James uh, said he went off for dinner for a sec. <laughs> he oh, I see. That was in the chat. Yeah, in the oh, chat. Yeah. Yeah. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Okay, no worries. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah, put he, it said he said he'd be back uh, in, in the next five minutes. Sorry, uh, just repeat the question quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Abdul, you can, you can answer it. It was just, you know, other positives from the second half. I thought the defence, for example, uh, you know, or something yeah. else. No, I thought Konate had a great game overall. Uh, he got his customary yellow card coming in a bit late in a, it was a silly challenge on Pulisic. I remember that. But um, there was moments when uh, he was stepped forward um, and, you know, it, it was a really difficult match. We had to keep a really high line um, all the way through the match. And that takes a lot of balls. And I think he came out of it really, really um, with his head held high. I mean, Kelleher as well. I mean, he made he made a save uh, in the second half, which was outstanding. Um, but with his feet as well, I remember saying to somebody uh, early in the season that I think he's possibly better with his feet than Allison, and I'm going to change that possibly to it definitely. He's outstanding with his feet. Um, he's he looks really confident, really assured, um, and I love his facial hair as well. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Very important. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think Costas, I mean, Andy Robertson is such a unique player. And to replace what Andy Robertson does for us, I don't even think Costas is doing that. Um, but it's so difficult. But Costas is 
definitely doing very, very well. If he's not, like, he's in a 95th percentile of, you know, replicating what Robertson does for us. So um, anytime he puts in a good performance, I have to praise him for that. Um, and yeah, I think in general, the main the main objective today was definitely to just not lose with Klopp not there, with all of those starters out, with the COVID situation, with Alisson not there. And I think we did enough to do that. And we can at least take that as a positive that we had the battle in us to to not lose that match because Chelsea definitely wanted to get that win. And um, yeah, I mean, onwards and upwards, that's all I can say. I don't even know who we have next in the league, but like you said, Owen, there's no pressure on us now whatsoever. We don't have to think about, oh, we need to catch up City. We can just take it one game at a time. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that feeling. Yeah, great answer. Let's let's move forward then. I mean, that's that game, it's a point at Stamford Bridge. It's in retrospect, I'm already feeling like it's a pretty good result overall. Um, they we didn't win or lose the league uh there. Um and uh yeah, I don't know. Um I th- uh, let's move forward. The next games are Brentford, Palace, and Leicester. Now we were talking before we went on air about um you know, what What are we going to do? Um, you know, what are we going to talk about? You know, do you have anything you want to talk about? And Abdul mentioned the, the last Leicester game. Of course, we didn't review that because I was in England. Plague. I was on Plague Island for Christmas and New Year at Auntie Zoe's place and uh, at the, the, the Papa household. So well done uh, to them for hosting me. And thank you. Uh, I had some lovely, I had so much lovely food. I had a lovely time. Um, you know, most importantly, I saw... You know, saw the loved ones, so that was great. Um, but anyway, sorry, back in the room, back in the present. Liverpool, yes, Brentford, Palace, Leicester. We can get nine points there, Alan. Uh, can we? Or, you know, without, with, without our players in the AFCON, I mean, who are we going to play up front? I don't know. Are you? Is it bothering you? Is it messing with your sleep cycles, Alan? The fact that we're going to be without two more attackers? Yeah, yeah. We are Liverpool. We can win those games under pressure. That that's what we do. But yeah, of course it's worrying because, like, um, all along we knew this was coming. Like, and we were thinking that Divock and Tacky Jota there. Like, but as far as I know, Divock and Tacky are still both injured. Uh, so so we're looking very sketchy there for these few games. But like I said, these are the type of games Liverpool win when their backs are against the wall when we're fighting hard. But it's it's very hard to see where the goal is going to come from. But um, sorry, who did you say? Brentford, Brentford Palace, and Leicester. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be tough games, but yeah, we can do it. Um, hopefully, I think Tacky's near enough back, isn't he? Um, but I think I've no word on, on Divock yet. But um, exactly that. Yeah, Tacky yeah. should be sooner uh, than Thiago. That's as that's as much as we know from Klopp in his last press conference. So who knows how long Thiago is out and when Tacky's yeah. back? And no word on Divock whatsoever. No. So yeah, yeah, that's a pity. Yeah. Yeah, just injury strikes again. But um, we can we can hold our own in the games anyway, and hopefully sneak a goal or two. I like it. I like the optimism. James, you're back from your dinner. What was it? What was it? Oh, it was um, leftovers of uh, Sunday roast beef from yesterday. Oh, delicious! Were they good? Were they even better the next day? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Absolutely. F- fabulous stuff. Fabulous it always tastes stuff. better, doesn't it, the next day? Yeah, often the way. Often the way. It gives gives the, I don't know, something time to settle. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could talk about, go, go off on a tangent. I made a minestrone soup today, uh, like a oh, vegan right. one. 
It was really good. Tons of vegetables, um, can of red beans and this beautiful pasta and uh, nice broth. And, and after the, the seconds I had for dinner, as opposed to lunch, what tasted a lot better. So there you go. Anyway, um, enough about minestrone soup. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it's January, James. Transfer window is open. Are you getting a bit miffed with FSG, or how miffed will you be if we have if we haven't signed anyone by the end of January? To be honest, I'm used to it. Every single transfer window, I build it. I don't know if what Abdul and Elna are like, but I build it up as if this is this big thing that we're going to spend 70, 80 million on someone um, like Dybala or someone, and then we never do. So um, I wouldn't expect anything, but logistically speaking, they should they should go out and get someone just because Sadio Mane is at the African Cup of Nations, the same with Mo Salah, which I'm, not sure, I'm assuming that Salah is as well. So navigator as well so they need reinforcements um but the the way that Klopp seems to work is he doesn't like to rock the boat with fsg so he'll probably just make do with what he's got which isn't such a bad thing actually in the sense that we've still got nat phillips in defense as a reserve and we've still got origi and minamino or have played quite well actually these last few weeks so i'm not as concerned as i would have been before but they're injured james you don't think we should run out and buy an attacker to to replace uh, origi minamino yeah, I think I think I think we I think we should. But but question is who 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 would we get? Is it was it a short term fix or would we invest in? Because we know that they'd only invest if it was someone that comes available. I think, I think Frank, James. Sorry, Kessie. So I was going to say Frank Kessie from AC Milan. He's we a free signing in six months, so they could get him pre contract or get him now even. Sorry, Abdul. No, I just want to say um, you hit the nail on the head there, James. Uh, when it comes to signings, Liverpool. Just do not ever, unless they are literally held down with a knife to your, night, to your neck, uh, make a short-term kind of signing. We, we made one last season with Kabak and Ben Davies, but literally that was an exceptional circumstance. But yeah, I, I think the difficult thing with making a signing for Liverpool is we are a very well-drilled team. A lot of these players have played together for like a number of years now, and um, there's certain things that we want our players to do on the pitch which is a bit unique to Liverpool so if we went out to sign a player unless we're scouting players who already do those things naturally any player that we sign has to come in and then suddenly just kind of like fit into our team and it's it's just basically not going to work so I can't really see who it is that we are going to sign if we did want to make a signing basically um so yeah that's that's pretty much it like I don't, I don't really see who it is I was I was going to say that um, the Fiorentina striker, uh, what's his name, Vlaovic. Yeah, he would be very good. Or I always wanted Liverpool to sign Federico Chiesa, but I think that sounds like it because of the, his ownership. It's a very difficult deal um, to push through. Yes. But it's like who's available and the, and the pandemic as well. They're going to be pretty expensive. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be expensive. Yeah, Dusan Vlaovic, uh, 16 goals and two assists in Serie A. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Frank Kessie. I, I don't know. I think Serie A is pretty much a garbage league uh, based on just the fact that Lukaku uh, was so good there and so bad in England every time. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't really watch it, so I don't know. Maybe it's great and I don't know. Uh, but Dusan Vlaovic, yeah, 21 years old, about to turn 22 on January the 28th. He'll be 22. He's, he's one of the hottest properties in Europe. But um, a guy I would like to sign is Bubakar Kamara 
from Marseille, who's a defensive midfielder who can also cover at centre-back in case we are desperate. Uh, but he's he's what I was talking about before in terms of being being dynamic, being great on the ball, being calm, collected. He's, he's, he's only 22 years old, so he's the same age as... Konate, and you could just think that they could they could form the the spine of the French national team for ages. Uh, they're su- he's such a good player, and his contract is running out soon. So maybe we'll be able we'll be able to put a bid in for someone like that. Um, Alan, oh uh, go, go on, James. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter really who we sign because Klopp seems to get the best out of whoever we whoever it is. Klopp can get the best out of them. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he could improve anybody, and of course, Harvey Elliott coming back will be like a new signing, as the old adage goes. Um, Alan, are you are you uh, do you have anybody in mind who you would like to sign? Um, well, up front, I think is where we need someone as well. Like, so maybe I think he's out of contract in the summer too. Dembele from from Barcelona. I think uh, I think Abdul might said earlier on there that you know, there's a few players in Barcelona that's kind of a fire sale on there at the moment. So wouldn't he be a great player to go for? Because you know I believe Klopp liked him all along as well. So someone like him. Um, I don't know though. I I hear very bad things about his character from people who know oh, him here right? in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I think he's a bit. Bit of a party. Well, Mbappe would be nice. Let's get I, I don't. I think he. He's, he yes, he said publicly he's going to Real Madrid, and I believe that. What did um, he say? I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he came out in the French yeah, did, press yeah. uh, about a month ago saying it. Yeah, and right. then his mother denied it uh, a couple of days after. She said, "Well, maybe he'll stay at Paris Saint Germain, but who knows? He might have been backtracking to try and save face." But anyway, who knows? Usman Dembele. Yeah, he's twenty-four years old now. He only, he's only managed eight appearances in La Liga, five in La Liga, three in the Champions League this season. Only two assists. Injury prone, as you were saying, James. Yeah. I would I would avoid him. Sorry, Alan. He's oh well, great yeah, prospect. Oh, well, I didn't know about his character. Klopp definitely wouldn't sign him, so he's a bad character. I just yeah, uh, I mean, one thing on his character. Uh, you're saying he's a party animal. He did recently, out of nowhere, get married. Uh, surprised yeah. even. The Barcelona board, so maybe he's looking to uh, change his ways. I don't know. I just thought uh, throw it out. Maybe, maybe, maybe he, he was drunk when he did it. I don't know. Sorry, I said he's not been injured. He's been partying this whole time. Yeah, well, that's it. No, but honestly, those are those are the kind of rumors that I hear that he's not actually injured at all. He's just enjoying his salary by partying, and maybe yeah, he got married in Vegas. Who knows? Um, but yeah. <laughs> Progressive carries, though, he's in the top 1% in Europe, 13 progressive carries per 90. Um, He's in the 97th percentile for touches in the opposing box with... Uh, and uh, dribbles completed. He's really good, but he's like a, he's like one of those beach footballers. You know, his pressures. He's only in the twenty ninth percentile. His tackles. He's in the fourteenth percentile. And we need someone who can press from the front. We really do. And unfortunately, it's not Dembele. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to know. Vlaovic would be a dream. Uh, but I think everyone's co- cottoned on to him. Maybe we should just try and get the next Mbappe. Who there knows? There is one player Owen that I really want to sign, but it's. Every single day, I think Abdul and Alan would agree. Every single day that goes on, it's less and less likely. But I did say a year or two ago, actually, no, when he was at Birmingham, that Jude Bellingham, of course, he had Jude Bellingham. And he's, oh, yes. He's becoming one of the best midfielders in the world. Oh, yes. And that's so that's good. a realistic one. Yeah, I think we will well, get so. him maybe in the summer. I think that's something that. Is, every penny into it. Yeah, but. Henderson got 
it depends on the player if we can convince him to come. But I think under Jurgen Klopp with the cop yeah. singing, hey, Jude, I mean, that would be a beautiful, beautiful thing yeah. if it were to happen, uh, you know, unless he just wants to go to the sunshine. Go on, Abdul. I would absolutely love Alan St. Maximan. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think he's I think he's got the whole showboatiness out of him as well. It's not he's not a pure showboater. I think he's he can get numbers as well on the pitch for us. Yeah. And I think he's different to what we have as well as Sadio Mane and Salah. I think he's he's got like um just great dribbler. And I, I don't think we have one of them at the club at the moment. So I'd love to get him in. No, but we've we've spoken about Adama before. Oh, I've, I've no, gone no. off him because of the because of the uh, the lack I'm of end product. Not. I love the guy, and I think and I think Klopp will be able to get more out of him. But I think Alan Sam Maxima is the player yeah. that Adama Traore could have been. Or, or if oh. that makes any sense. What about the Watford attacker, um, Dennis? Dennis. Dennis oh Dennis. no, no, no! I meant the one. Um, oh, it's Sa. Yeah, who scored against us? Yeah. Well, Sa, no, 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 no. Yeah, Sa was the last year's news. Dennis yeah. is where is where it's at. Dennis, he, Dennis the menace. Yeah, Dennis the menace up front. I mean, I'd love that guy. If he's got, um, I think he's got, he's got loads of goals. Uh, I've got to have to try and find him. Hang on. Uh, but uh, he's got tons of goals and assists this season. He's doing really well. Um, well, the Burnley striker, he's good. Which one? Us out without a name. Um, Cornet. 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 Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking Chris Wood. I thought you'd lost your mind. <laughs> no, I, was I was about to call about the doctor. Cornet. I was talking about Cornet. Vidra? No, okay, Maxwell Cornet. Yes, Very yes, good. he's turned into a good player. Yes, although he's been, he was awful before, according to our friend Liam. Uh, hello, Liam, if you're listening. Um, who's uh, who watches all the French matches? He said that he was pretty bad in France. He thought Burnley had bought a duff, but he's turned out to be a really good player. There you go. Um, one well, last thing to talk uh, about. Go on. No, go on. No, I just want to say on transfers in general, I think our philosophy as a club right now, we, and I've said this before, I think, but individually, you look at our starting lineup. I don't think there's any point trying to sign a player who kind of is similar to Mo Salah, but just not as good as Mo Salah. I think the approach that we should take to transfers is to try and find players who have something which is completely unique to what we already Absolutely. have. Yeah. And I, I, I would love for Liverpool to like have the scouts on some absolute safari journey looking for the next um, Vinicius Jr., looking for the next Martinelli in like the fifth league of Brazil, you know, just something completely surprised. I think that is something I, I would be really happy with that. If we just came out of the, came out with just a left field signing, which makes absolutely no sense on paper. And then like after a few, like six months or a few seasons, we're like, okay, this, this kid is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Great idea. Great idea. And I think something that, that, that was good for us is that we were allowed to get, um, Mo Salah, who's Egyptian, you know, like I think that that's something that, you know, if Mo Salah had been South American, for example, then the whole world would have been trying to sign him. But because he was Egyptian and surely no player, no great players come from Egypt. It's like, you know, the equivalent of signing like an Armenian or something like that, like an Armenian yeah. genius who, who just no one backs because there's no particular history of great footballers from Armenia. Uh, so, you know, I think, um, I think you're right, Abdul, that would be very, very exciting. Um, speaking of Egypt though, the AFCON is the last thing I want to 
talk Owen about. Has another get... player. Owen has another oh, go player. go on. The last player. The last player. And then oh, I'm going to move on from he's, transfers. He's very go good. On. Though, very good. I promise. Terry if, you, if you say if you say uh, Ashley Barnes, I'm going to I'm going to kick you no, from the conversation. More Burnley players. No, Terry okay. Lamptey of Brighton. Oh, great they, call. Had him at yes. right back, like the future for at right back for England, and then we pushed Trent Trent into midfield. That would work. Oh man. Yeah, Tarek Lamptey, what a player. That's a great call, James. Love it, love it. Well worth it. Well worth getting that one in before we move on to the AFCON. Alan, do you think the AFCON has been, has had the respect that it deserves? Uh, Of course, you know, people stupidly took Jurgen Klopp's uh, quotes out of context when he was saying the little tournament. He meant it purely as a figure of speech. Of course, we know that. We're not dumb. Uh, But uh, Ian Wright said, uh, on Twitter, he had a video saying that, you know, to play, people playing for their country is uh, the greatest thing, you know, and uh, the AFCON should have more respect. Do you think the AFCON deserves more respect, Alan? Uh, absolutely. Every player wants to play for his country. And I, I don't know what it is, but the AFCON, I, I don't know much about the players and stuff, but I always seem to enjoy it. Maybe maybe it's because you don't have any skin in the game. But um, yeah, I love the African football when I see it. Um, tournament football, it's fantastic. You see some great players that, that you might see in a few years here in England or, or, or things like that. But yeah, I always enjoy it and I think they deserve deserve more credit. Like when you look at, again, going back to my age, a few years ago, you would have seen players in it that you never heard of. But if you look again now, like we have three players in our team that play in it. So, so they are good players. They're getting better every year. And I'm looking forward to looking ahead, to be honest. Excellent answer. Uh, excellent answer. Abdul, will you be tuning in to the AFCON? Will you be watching it alongside the other footy that you watch? As a, as a Nigerian, I, I think I'm obligated to by DNA. So uh, funnily enough, I don't really <laughs> I don't really ever uh, watch that much. I mean, I used to as a kid a lot, um, but in the last few years I haven't. But just because of how much it's been on our lips this last year, I think I'm going to have to definitely tune in. Um, yeah. Hopefully Nigeria win because that means that Senegal and Egypt are going out <laughs> quite early. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, the first game for Nigeria is against Egypt on Tuesday, the January the the eleventh. It's a four p.m. UK kickoff, a five p.m. European kickoff, um, and it should be a great match. Yeah, the Super Eagles, uh, Nigeria, aren't they? Uh, fantastic. I'd like. I'd love to see. To see that match, there's a lot that could be. That's really intriguing. Uh, Algeria are great to watch. They're playing Sierra Leone the same day, uh, just two hours before. So you could watch Algeria and then Nigeria against Egypt. But the first game is on uh, Sunday, January the 9th, so a week from today. Cameroon, Burkina Faso, uh, followed by Ethiopia against Cap Verde. Then on Monday, you've got Sadio Mane who's played Senegal, Zimbabwe, and then Guinea and Malawi. So, yeah, it could be, could be really good. Oh, and Morocco, Ghana as well on Monday. And Comoros, the Comoros Islands. I had a student from Comoros, Abdullah, a lovely chap. Uh, Comoros against Gabon uh, on Monday as well. I, I don't know, some interesting matches to watch there. Um, I'm going to watch... I'm going to watch it. Uh, I do think international football, the quality isn't as good because... They players don't play well together. And overall, I think that's why I think international football is a bit of a waste of time. But having said that, when the tournaments kick off, I do tune in and more or less, um, you know, 100% of the time, I love them really. I mean, you know, I have a, I have a great time watching them. Um, anyway, I think that's all we've got time for. I've got to go. I've got loads of things to do. Just just remembered. Um, 
I've got to do all my bills uh, that I've, I, I've been postponing. It's back to the re back to real life. Um, so it's Happy New Year. It's Happy New Year to Abdul uh, from Watch underscore LFC. Happy New Year to James. Happy New Year to Alan. And Happy New Year to you, all of you. Uh, the listeners, whoever you are, wherever you are across this world, this league isn't done yet. Uh, but of course, you know, it's cities to lose. Will they lose it? We don't know. We're going to keep covering, covering it on Cop On. Thank you so much for listening and uh, all the very best. Thanks, everyone.